Robots Radio presents... Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on January 15th, 2021, over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat, as we continue our discussion over the lore book Legacy's Lament. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 and this is the still trying to figure out how to recover from the start of this recording green-eyed music lover this is hey it's orchid wondering if she's fired <laughs> <laughs> so <yet>. special announcements <laughs> Not yet. i need to recover for a second so, special announcements. Um, if you would be so kind as to visit us on the lorenetwork.com, where you can find us alongside many impressive lore content creators, and let us know your thoughts on the weekly lore roundups, both for podcasts and for YouTube. Um, also, if you could leave us a review over on iTunes, five-star reviews really help us um, so other people can find our podcasts. You can also find us on iTunes, or you can also find us on Twitter at uh, the lore network and also at Focused Fire Chat. I don't even know how to do my job anymore. <laughs> do we have any, uh, did you have the sponsor? Yes, I do have the sponsor. Guys, the sponsor for tonight, audible.com. If you're listening to this right now, you too can listen to audiobooks on audible.com because audiobooks are for your ears. Fun fact. <laughs> really audible also does podcast yes they do do mm-hmm. they yeah that was know that. what was that like a couple months back yeah dla is on there as well as i think we're on there with focus i think Chat, i think we? we're on there as well i want to say that we are i think because that was part of their um, i mean because isn't audible is it audible amazon i can always mm-hmm. get these mixed up okay yeah it is because amazon amazon has their podcast and i think they bl- they merged it with the audible yes i mean cool but uh what you get um if you sign up for a <laughs> shush i'm doing my job guys i'm hawking wares right now okay Hawking wares. Um, if you sign up for your free 30-day trial, it comes with a free audiobook. You get two free audiobooks for Amazon Prime members. Uh, and as a reminder, you can also use your Amazon Prime membership for a um, free sub on Twitch, which you can use on our own channel. Um, and um, it's good for any premium selection titles that you would like. Um, they are yours to keep. Whether you decide to keep the actual subscription or not, um, the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, um, wellness, and Audible originals—you can listen all you want 
there are no credits needed. Um, and you will get a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Um, uh, different books that you could try. I really like Harry Potter because that's what I grew up with. So, you know, I actually own all of them. I had Audible for a long time. So I actually have a lot of Audible books on my phone. And I listen to them at work. So I don't have to listen to people talk to me because I like <laughs> I like audiobooks because I don't, I don't want to talk to humans, guys. Audible audiobooks are great. No, Green, you're not allowed to talk. I, it's, it's fine. She's like, not done yet. Oh, God. I'm not. I'm, I'm see, afraid to start. Audiobooks are great because I, I, don't need to, I don't need to talk to Green because we're talking about audiobooks right now. If I had one playing right now. You wouldn't have to hear green. You just hear the audio, sweet, sweet, dulcet tones of the audiobook playing in your ear instead of green. You'd have the sweet, sweet, so dulcet guys, to tones Audible. of green in your ears instead. Um, no, Audible has yeah. some free content now, too. They're not just the subscription mm-hmm. service. You can also get things included in your Audible subscription that are just a lot of uh, mainly classics and podcast and Or you can get Game of Thrones. Or no, you could get books. Okay, let's not start that debate. This is the advanced session, so I know it goes longer. But Lord of the Rings, no, that one's acceptable. acceptable. The Hobbitsies. Yes. Lore Hobbitsies. Lore Hobbitsies. I was wondering if that's where that was going. <laughs> yeah, or the Dark Tower. That's also acceptable. No, mm-hmm. not acceptable. Well, that's true. Green has a problem with the audiobooks of the Dark Tower. I still haven't made it past, uh, what is it, Wizarding Glass? I don't Glass? blame you. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's She's so scary. She's creepy. She's creepy in the text. I can't imagine her as an actually oh. like in your ear. God. Moving to lore about Destiny. God, I'm done. Orchid, good job. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'm so good at this. Please fire me. <laughs> no. So on the in, in the intro session, we did just kind of like a, a really brief overview of all the figures who were involved in the story. The like a really basic summary of the story, um, and then like we kind of touched on the exotic quest a little bit, uh, but only so far as it, it kind of augmented into their the the lore entries basically this is a story about banshee's history um and that i think i would argue is ultimately that's kind of the purpose of this particular lore book is kind of to show the growth of banshee from a not good place into the 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 very forgetful weaponsmith that we all know and love um so one of the big questions that i had and Orchid's, Orchid's going to have some opinions on this one, is does the entire of, does the entirety of this lore entry constitute as, or can it be argued after reading this, that Clovis Bray is seeking redemption for his actions? Orchid, you okay over there? Where would you like me to start? <laughs> well, I guess, like, so I guess real quick, short answers. Do you think that Clovis Bray is seeking redemption for his actions? Like just yes or no? Unintentionally, yes. Okay. 
you're you're nicer than I am because my answer is no. Um, green is Clovis seeking redemption or is Clovis Bray? Clovis Bray, not Clovis one. Clovis Bray. No. Okay. Um. So why do you say unintentionally yes, Orchid? I say unintentionally because uh because while Banshee is Banshee, like Clovis forty three is still Clovis at that point, and it didn't make the decision to become Banshee forty four. Um, and still had all the memories of Clovis and all of those decisions that led him to decide to become Banshee 44 and hadn't lost all of those memories. So he made the decision himself to say, I am taking all of that knowledge and I'm taking all of those experiences and I reject everything um, that Clovis decided and that because he was Clovis. Like, well, that is of. what an EXO is. Except he wasn't, actually. He never had the, he never had the identity. Yeah, but that's... He never had the identity uploaded. No, but he still had all... Yeah, but he's still that... He was still created to be that. Correct, right. And he rejected he it. Was, he, was, so, he was the shell. intentional. But the ghost was never yeah, uploaded. Yeah, so he was the intentional. He was he was intended to be that, and he said, no, I'm not going to be that. So it was an unintentional redemption saying, I'm going to be better. I'm Here's going my... to go be something better and new and, mm. and do my best to, I guess. I guess my, my this argument. Is why I say, this is why I say that it is unintentional. But redemption. my argument there is that Clovis, so, uh, Exo Clovis, Clovis one, Clovis through forty three, I would argue is not Clovis Bray. Right. So you guys are arguing the time of who Clovis is. Orchid says it's unintentional since Clovis never got uploaded fully. But right. you're saying that he didn't actually. It's the same answer. You're just arguing the semantics kind of, of kind, the timing. Yeah. I mean the thing the thing here though is also so like in uh the new lore book War Machines that Bungie sent out, the new Grimoire book, there's three entries from the Bray family that center around this, and one of them is a letter from Clovis Bray that is basically calling out this idea of he's like, Well, I'm uh I'm doing this because maybe you can seek redem- you can seek amends for the the damage that I've done. Which I, I mean I'm like, okay, so you're basically giving lip service to redemption because you're on your deathbed. Um, but it's, that's not, that's not contrition. Like that's not, you, you, you don't get redeemed by someone else coming and doing the amend, amending of your deeds. Like, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. He, like he said, he, he says he recognizes the things that he's done, but he doesn't ever fully lament them. He doesn't because, right. Even but at the end, he argues that they were necessary sacrifices. I don't think that Clovis went in intending redemption. Clovis was all about legacy. He could care less about redemption. He just wanted his right. legacy. But the fact that Banshee is the embodiment of essentially wanting to be the grandfather to Elsie that she never had that moment is a redeeming moment for the exo 
Mm-hmm. Not necessarily right. for Clovis, but for the Exo, who is part Clovis. So there is, I see the leeway between the two. But he really isn't. That's kind of where I bridge the two together. Right. Because that, at him doing that and seeing himself as part of his, as part of her family has him acknowledging that he is Clovis that at that point the other thing to keep in mind though is that because the Clovis XO Banshee Clovis 43 is not the same memories as the originator there you can argue the nurture versus nature kind of thing here too that's my point that's that's that is what I'm arguing is because Clovis one was created with all the the physical traits of Clovis, like he had the in, sure. the, the inte- intellect, the physical prowess of all the the superior exo, but the memories, the, the 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 mind that is Clovis Bray was never put into that exo. You can he have never a redemption had, never of had somebody without having them make that decision, though. You can have a redeeming thing that happens for them without them doing it. Contrition does not mean actual redemption. Well, um, contrition, yeah, so like, so just real quick. Contrition, when we say contrition, I'm, I'm actually referring to the actual, like, dictionary definition of feeling remorse for mm-hmm. an action and also penitent. Like you, you, you have to feel remorse. My point is that Clovis does not feel remorse. What I'm saying is that you can have a character who portrays evil throughout an entire movie and in the last moment do something that seems selfless without actually having remorse built into it. Yeah, they do in anime all Mm -hmm. the time. They have the bad character like save a puppy in the end. And then all the girls like hearts melt because he's doing it in the rain or something, but he's still like a bad character because he stabbed right. six guys in the previous episode. You can still be, but he saved mm-hmm. a puppy. You can yeah, still be a bad I mean, person. He can still be a bad person, but like do a redeeming mm-hmm. thing. Like Clovis can still be like a butt face. Right. But I think yeah. he yeah, had I guess a redeeming my po- act that happened, but it wasn't a active thing that he did as much as it was circumstance. Which, in my mind, is not redemption. That's you accidentally doing a good thing. Intentionally, intentionality is is nine tenths of what redemption is about. And the fact is, is like when he when he writes the note with the lament, um, he basically calls out the fact that he is using his exo frame as a delegate to make amends to others, but he does not want to be bothered with making amends. Because in his view, he doesn't have anything to amend to. He says that society sees his actions as being um, evil, but he views them as being necessary sacrifices on his path to discover eternity in this reality. So that's where, like, it's like, look, I, I get that he did a good thing. Yeah, sure, bad people do good things all the time, but intentionality behind that event. There is no, there is no remorse that is driving that event. Um, so that's where I like, yeah, and and that's yeah, dancing is talking about it kind of same as there, is like 
Crow cannot redeem Aldrin. Because Crow is not Aldrin. Aldrin didn't have the ability to be redeemed. Or he didn't choose to be redeemed while he was there. The other, the other point, the other reason I brought this up is the ornament for the lament has a mention to a Greek mythological event that has a lot to do with or resurrection and reincarnation. Um, the ornament is called Leth's Mercy. Uh, so the Leth is one of the five rivers in Hades, and its particular power or element or ability is anyone who drinks from the river Leth will forget their past they forget everything about their past and they're basically made into a clean slate um so what they would do is this would actually this river was actually the river that ran the border of elysium which is where their their equivalent of paradise was and in order to get into elysium spirits were required to drink from it in order to forget their earthly lives uh so they couldn't bring they couldn't bring impure things into paradise um later historically you also had myths where they would um be given the choice to be reincarnated but they had to drink from leth or they were they were given the choice to drink from leth or uh minocene which is the river that does the opposite it actually grants um, omniscience instead of forgetting everything they learn everything so with less mercy you see the kind of a nod to the creation of banshee um, because he literally, and actually I'd almost argue for guardians too, because they forget their past, but Banshee literally has his, his earthly life wiped away and is reincarnated as Banshee, which I found was a really cool kind of connection there. So here's a question just to throw mm -hmm. a monkey wrench in the whole thing with Banshee remembering the old memories. Correct. How does that That's, affect it? Yep. Yeah. That's where I'm kind of curious about that, because the other thing that the other wrench that I would say is he created lament for his exo frame. So I'm curious, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm curious if the ornament is even applicable, but I did find um, the the connection between the river Leth um and the process of Banshee's transformation from Clovis, I found that somewhat similar in the way there. But you're right. I don't. That's why I'm curious how they're going to explain his getting memories back because I thought they deleted them all. Where's uh, what card is it? It's the last card, isn't it? That talks about it. Uh, it talks about forty-three to Banshee forty-four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, Clo it's uh, Clovis forty three is the and it's the second half because the first half is them shutting down right. the facility AI. It also calls out poor poor Elsie eight hundred and fifteen. Yeah. Oh God. That is so many uploads. It's interesting how he calls out in this book. It's his journal. Yours if you want it. Lock it away if you don't. It's mostly encrypted anyway. I read a bit. The kind of person I was. Fear-driven. Obsessed with legacy. I won't become that. Not again. It's time for you and your siblings to rebuild the Bray legacy the right way. So this is right before he 
changes, right? That yeah, that's correct. He is still Banshee forty three at that point, or not Banshee Fatari. He is Clovis forty three. Yeah, yeah, Clovis. Because of that, he does have. He still has a lot of the memories, even though it's not all of the memories, because he he's looking at this journal and he knows who he was. But he still chooses for the complete wipe because he chooses to touch that memory loss that the river of Leth or what you had mentioned, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. essentially, because he knows what's what he was before he goes into this. Correct. I guess my 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 argument against that is he knows he knows Clovis as the same as anyone who's reading an autobiography knows him or is it biography or autobiography I can always flip those the person that writes their own that's an autobiography okay thank you I always I always flip them um so like if you read an autobiography of Clovis Bray you recognize you can see like you sure you can get an idea of the maybe the type of person but even that is a polished you know presentation of that individual to the outside world that's different than saying he had he was clovis i mean you could still read like we read the journal and it's still ghastly oh yes no i mean i'm that's i mean that's I hate even bringing this up, but I mean, that's like reading Mein Kampf. Like, sure, it's it's a present. It's a published thing that was supposedly published. It's still a horrific thing, not to mention it makes you your head hurt because it's terribly written. But like, that's like, you know, you can read auto. I mean, there are autobiographies that do not put the writer in a good light, but that still doesn't mean that you are that person. Like you have you have a glimpse into the snapshot of the life of that person that was writing it at the time. But I mean, when you read about Clovis One being reactivated, he does not have the memories because he was reactivated in the middle of a battle against the Vex. Right. Now, that being said, it is also where we find that the facility AI does have the memories of Clovis. And is still a jerk. Oh, yeah. No, no. You're right. Right. Which, I mean, right. Yes. But, like, the AI, the, the, uh, what was it? And when, in Memories of Win One, he's like, the talking robot head, talking robot head is just as cold as the old man was. What else would you expect from the psycho who died and made himself into an all seeing AI? Here's hoping that the unconscious exo in front of us is nothing like the real thing. Well, that comes into a whole nother question. Does the AI have, a worse megalomania because of its yeah. ability to be all seeing on Europa versus a singular point of the EXO. I could see that definitely being the case. I mean, we see that that's kind of like with you see with Rasputin too, right? Is Rasputin's like degree of, of seeing everything has given him a, a, a sense of, I mean, he refers to himself basically as a deity. Uh, and so like, which is why when the darkness came and he beat him, he was so shocked. So like, I see the similarity of the inflation of the ego because of the, the, um, capabilities, if you will, of mm-hmm. the frame that they're stored in. 
the ego still doesn't match the size of him. Nope. <laughs> no, not no. So I'm trying. I'm trying to find here in this entry real quick because they broke proto- uh, the facility AI broke the protocol of the process of awakening Clovis mm-hmm. One. Um, Strong and, arms the person into. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He. Faster. Yeah. He threatened when uh, he was like. Because when was when responded was like, well, Doctor Bray said that we shouldn't do that, and <laughs> the facility AI is like, I'm the only Doctor Bray you take orders from, um, and so he then threatens when that he's going to shut him down if he doesn't turn it on. Um, let's see, because then he goes on to say, once you've completed your training, there will be a shiny new toy waiting for you to commemorate your accomplishment, uh, which is. Which is the original Lament Sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but I think that was when Elsie actually showed back up. And right. the ex, then, then they had to leave um, because they were getting, they were getting too close. Basically, the Vex were getting too close. So if this is not, I mean, the the purpose of this book obviously is not a redemption story per se. I would agree with that, yes. That being said, what is the purpose of this book from a writer's perspective? Orchid? The point of this book is to humanize Banshee. Ding, ding. The point, it's not, no one gives a about, like, Clovis. It's about, it's to give Banshee a backstory and to humanize Banshee and to link all of Clovis Bray's story but to take the past from that and to link it to our future and our present and to give us that that link and it it's that uncomfortable feeling that when you see him and it's it it's a lot like it's an it's it's analogous to what happens when someone becomes a guardian um, and it's analogous to Crow's story. It's actually, it runs parallel to Crow's story. So it helps us as people um, in this particular season, actually, um, when we see Crow and we're like, oh, we're so freaking mad because, you know, this guy killed Cade. And we were really upset, even though it happened two years ago at this point mm-hmm. or over a year ago. And... <laughs> Like, it still kind of makes people mad a bit. Just a bit. Um, Yeah, just a bit. I mean, it's the sting isn't there like it was. Like, it's still just kind of like you're still mad about it, but you're kind of over it at this point because it's just been forever. You still miss Kate. But you're at the point where Ro is now a different person and you've seen that he is distinct from Aldrin. They are not the same. You've known Banshee since the beginning of Destiny. And now you've had this complete new story thrown at you that he is Clovis Bray. (laughs) What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, like many people, made the mistake of just reading the last. Oh, no. um, Just the last chapter of this lore book and not the rest of it when it came out. So you just read that last spoiler where it's like you read that banshee is clovis bray and you're like i'm sorry what yeah (laughs) 
And then you then you're standing in the tower and you're looking at him. You're like, what monster are you? Because like at this point, you've had like the collector's edition. You've read all of these things. You know what he's done. You've been through Europa. You've seen everything. And you're processing all these things. And so you're humanizing these characters and it's making you feel things. And it's it's making you see it from the opposite perspective that instead of having a character that you detested, that the story made you feel that that forced you to like them. It's taking a character that you've liked and loved for seven years at this point, and it suddenly forced you to hate them. It's like, forced you to question. It really has. And it's it was masterfully done. And this is a the it's the lore book is not about questioning whether like is it a redemption arc is it not is it like what is the meaning of life like what's the meaning of like what is this person and like is this really like this person or is this other one no it's like it's it just it's just a good story it doesn't have to be more complicated than that like so many times and this is my frustration with a lot of stories sometimes like we do it and other people do it too is that you see something you do deep dives into things and you try to get to the nitty-gritty of stories but sometimes they're just good stories and that's what this is it's just a really good story i do think something that you touched on early on is something that was very deliberate of bungie in that bungie used the story and Banshee as a way to help balance what's going to, what was going to happen with Crow because you have two opposites, right? You have somebody we've known forever and you have somebody who we knew prior to becoming a guardian and we've already forgiven Mm -hmm. Banshee for, because we've known him forever. And so your, your inclination is even though you find out he's Banshee and he's starting to remember some of these things that currently you question what's going on with him, but you still are more mm-hmm. apt to forgive him because you knew him as Banshee for so long versus Crow, who was Aldrin mm-hmm. and who was an utter jerk during D1, killed Kay during Forsaken, and then comes back as Crow. And Crow is a completely different character, mm-hmm. even though there's hints of the old prince in there. Mm-hmm. I think because of Banshee being there, it'll basically pave the way for people to understand Crow a little bit more and be more apt to forgive them. Yeah. Maybe not forgive Aldrin, but not hold any Ill, Ill will to Crow. Yeah. And I think that's the the true purpose of this story when it comes down to it as a storytelling perspective, I think between this and the letter that Osiris puts in our mailbox um, when we first get Crow Mm -hmm. and they say he's not Aldrin, like don't shoot him in the face. There's also the, the mission recently that dropped when Crow disappears at the end of the mission and you assume like, who was it that's in there? Osiris assumes that he just left you to hang but Crow's actually yeah. working to hold off the celebrant. Oh, and when you're doing, yeah, that's the the big mission mm-hmm. when you're in the Dreaming City. Yeah, 
You didn't really leave, did you? No, I would never do that. Makes you question, though. That one. I think yeah. Bungie has been playing with the idea of questioning people's motives this season more than most seasons, as far as the story writing yeah. goes. What do you think, Blue? Uh, I mean, like, I, I agree. I I focus on the nitty gritties of the stories being told. Um, that's just the way my brain works. So, like, I see what you guys are saying about the, the overarching piece of it being a parallel with crow's story um i mean i've i'm personally in the camp that's never had a problem with crow um i mean i didn't have a huge problem with aldrin to be honest but like i i focus in because i'm much more interested on the story of clovis uh that's where my interest actually is uh because it has a lot of weight to be potentially present with regards to not just the motivation of the characters within the golden age, uh, which led to, you know, motivations within the dark age and within the collapse and within the city age and all that, but it also has potential for exam, um, for revealing some information about characters that we don't have much about on origin purposes. Uh, it has potential for explaining the convergence of humanity or human technology and light. It has potential because it does the same with human technology and darkness. The thing is, is that if if you are wanting to talk about parallels, we have a lot of parallels with Clovis's story and his megalomania with regards to what he did with the darkness and with the radiolarian fluid. You can technically take that in a different direction and look at some things with what you could be done with light. And there's a theory that is really prevalent out there that, you know, maybe that's where ghosts came from. Um, I find that an interesting theory because the ramifications of if that theory is accurate in any form or fashion is much more severe than a lot of people think it. Um you know, there's there's the the added difficulty here of like splitting personalities, and me personally, I find interest, or I'm I'm always intrigued by <clears throat> the characters' motivations, even the secondary characters' motivations. Mm -hmm. um, if you introduce a character in a writing, I'm going to be the person who sits there and tries to figure out why the person is doing what they're doing, even if it is a side character. Um, that's just that's the way I read stories. Mm -hmm. um, so like I get I get the like this isn't the point of the story. And it's like, well, that's not the point of the story for you guys. Sure. Um, I would strongly disagree that it's not something to be considered uh, because I think the story as a large picture, sure, is a parallel. But there's also significant differences here. Um that if you don't take into account will fracture much further up you know the there's a lot of parallels between banshee and every single guardian out there because sure. of the resurrection process so, however okay yeah so here's the question then you're you're spending a lot of time refuting not refuting but like arguing a little bit against the idea of this being a writer's tool to ease in crow what is the purpose of this story then what is it what was the use of this story from the writer's perspective 
the use of this story was, I mean, I'm not arguing that that is what you guys are saying. It's, it's designed to parallel the character of Crow. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also, also picking up on one of the very, one of the many characters that we have a lot of experience with that honestly, we don't know anything about, Um, which that list is growing shorter. Sure. But um, you know, we don't have, we had zero information about Banshee before this story except for the fact that banshee tried to log into an old ipad essentially with an old blogging right we had random scannables and the idle dialogue from him that you know the idle dialogue makes a lot more sense even from the idle dialogue back in d1 that we had from him um you know it makes sense it, it puts it in a new context for sure but of all the characters and all the vendors in the tower currently right now, Banshee was one of the only ones that we really didn't have an origin of. I mean, to be honest, we, we know quite a bit about the Vanguard. We know quite a bit about Shaxx now. Um, Raul, we know a little bit about, we don't really know about his origins, but we know about his personality more so outside with the introduction of Ives. Tess, mm-hmm. we know her story. Um, Eva, we got her story. You know, sort we, of. we have... Well, right. Um, we have all these stories for all these vendors, but we don't have that for Banshee, um, which I think is also kind of the purpose is also to round out the characters. And I th- I mean, I think they did an amazing job with this. Um, I'm also the person that you start throwing stuff in, like the word leth, and I pick up that that's connected to a mythological event. Um and that mythological event corresponds to the story purpose. So to me, the connections are, I just, I, when I read stuff, I see connections and I'm not going to make an argument strongly that those connections are necessarily the most important of them, Sure. but I can't deny that the connection is there, Sure. Uh, which then when I see that connection, it, it snowballs into other connections, right? And it makes me start thinking about, you know, what is, what's going on here? What's the motivation for this purpose? Blue, um, you need your spin foil hat. Oh yeah. I mean, I live in it. I mean, I mean, you, you know that I, I totally will spin foil snowball myself into random connections. That being said, I would like, I mean, like, I like to think that I keep a pretty solid grip on what's actually happening here. To me, the, the, po- the, the, the gossamer connections in the background of the story to me are much more interesting than the broad strokes that are so obvious, I guess, is that's where I would, I would come back. Um, but that being said, um, take a quick break real quick for an ad and then we'll be right back. Myth is a podcast about the very soul of humanity. Join me each week as I explore stories from our history, from our mythologies, about what it means to be human. I'm your host, Tom, and Myth is available on every podcatcher, anywhere. And if you're familiar with any of my other work, then you might realize that Myth is like a lore cast, but for humans. Join me each week on Myth. Do you want to talk about the exotic quest at all? How that ties into this? Or thoughts on... So, the thing that I'd like to talk about is the 
the writer's choice to release this lore in tandem, basically, with the quest, right? Like, we didn't have this. I don't think we had uh, this beforehand. We had, we, we yeah, because you got, you got, well, you no. got. We got it through the Exos. You had to pick Correct. up the Exos to get the lore, yeah. right? You technically, I got this book before the, the raid dropped. I think you, I think you could get. You might not have gotten the last one, but I'm. Pre- I mean, you got the brunt of this book before the the um, the raid dropped because this was one of the this was attached to the EXO collectibles. The fact that you really don't know the reveal at the end, though, until after the raid and legacy drops or the. Lament. The sword lament drops. That was terrifying because I initially thought, oh my gosh, they're going to make Banshee evil. Why? Did you guys have any initial thoughts about it? When I first started reading this, I was like, oh, I, I have a few theories of where this is going. <clears throat> I didn't ever think of Banshee going dark in that sense but that's also mostly because the disconnect that i had between the entire lament quest and the ending here which is the question i still don't really have an answer to is they wiped his memories but now he's remembering them um it's like so you did a half-assed job like what like what 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 happened there so like and i mean i won't say that I don't see it as a potential for Banshee to go dark. Like if, especially if like Clovis uses, like, I don't know if Clovis tries to use him as a mobile platform or whatever. Um, but then that being said, if that happens, I would argue that's not Banshee anymore. It's Clovis mm-hmm. overriding him. Um, it's a hard line to draw where the one personality stops and one begins. Oh, uh, see, I, I disagree. I don't think it's a hard line to draw at all. Um, well, you like because, things black and white. No, not at all. I just think that in regards to this, um, the minute that you start having experiences separate from the other entity, that is a personality that is unique and different from that per- that that other personality. Um, it's It's very similar to... Uh, I don't know if you, I'm not sure if everyone's watched Altered Carbon, uh, but there is an event in the near, near the end of the first season in which they basically uh, create duplicate copies of the same person in two di- physically different bodies. Um, and it's, it's interesting to see the, like they do this and then they kind of leave them and then they come back together and they start working, like they work together basically. But it's interesting to see one of them who dies. The other one recognizes that they die, but it's, it's it's recognizing that it's a separate, unique person. It's not them. Like they didn't die, but they did die. Like in that sense. Um, so I guess I don't know. I I never I never really thought of. I never gave weight to the idea that Clo- uh, that Banshee would go bad. I don't know, Orchid, what about you? I mean, 
it I it didn't occur to me either. Um the the only thing that I thought because the he doesn't start regaining his memories until after the raid dropped and the raid was completed. Um, so I thought maybe because you dropped security that something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, because you unlock the raid, because you're actually like messing around in security and you're messing around with other stuff in the actual Deep Zone crypt and you're touching things you shouldn't be touching. Um, and so, like, um, I don't know. Like, the way that they're actually, like, cloud-saving together. Uh, I don't know. S- stuff is happening. You know what? They're robots, and this is space magic. And stuff happens, and we don't know enough about the way the system actually works because the game is still being very cagey about that. So we can only make suppositions at this mm-hmm. point. So there you go. That's how this works. It's all supposition and guessing. I mean, that's half the fun of it. Because I, it is half the fun of it. Yeah. But we don't know. So there you go. It would be Here's your answer. It would be interesting to I see don't know. the options that come out of this because Bungie is very, especially this writing team, I feel is very, very clever in how they're choosing to utilize the options that they have in front of them. And so if they choose to, they could choose to have this be a darker story or they could choose to leave it where it's at. I'm more inclined to think that's what they're going to do is just leave the Clovis story kind of where it is to move on to to the Zavathun story and the when Mara comes back and everything, because that's likely going to happen hopefully soon. But it is an option and they love their they love their little uh threads Mm -hmm. yeah i definitely i see this as a a i hate saying it but a filler story um but it also is exactly that too what you just said i think green is that it's a loose thread that they can come back and pluck on i don't think it's a filler story I mean, okay, so here, hang on. let me, let me, let me. I mean, like, are you talking? Let me about, clarify. Like, filler, in general, filler story or? as as means of it is it is putting con putting content in there to help bridge something, but in and of itself, it's not a hugely significant part. Well, you can't have every single story in a game be a hugely significant part, right? Oh, because yeah. then nothing would be significant. I don't. I didn't. So. I don't mean that negatively. I mean it like. I mean that you have to have the story that happens when a hero goes from point A to point Z, you have to have all the letters between too. I think it's I mean if you're gonna I'm oh, sorry, go I ahead. I was just gonna say I think that having Banshee's story or having Banshee being tied to Clovis is a fairly significant thing because it brings the past forward in a different way because we see the past in front of us. We see Banshee now in front of us every day when we go to the tower, and we see that that is was Clovis, even though that's not him now. It's bringing forward the consequences of something that happened prior and bringing it to light. That and 
I think that in itself is important in a different way just because it's not explaining a mechanic or explaining like why exos do you know xyz thing or it doesn't explain why like ganked up fex juice does a certain thing or you know i just like saying that Malta <laughs> glass is coming up i know i'm so excited you have no idea <laughs> um and just you know it just because it doesn't explain like a certain way something in the game works it doesn't mean that it isn't significant in a different way and i think character exploration is important in a different way and characterization um, is the thing that ties the story together. So I, I think this is a very significant piece in the actual like game and storytelling itself. Um, because Banshee is a significant character, even though like he was just a guy that stood in the tower at a table that we would go talk to and he would give us stuff like, I don't know. He'd, he'd give us weapons parts and we would go talk to him once in a while, you know, but he's, he's, he's a constant that we've had for so long that we've had people come and go in the tower. We've had like Eris Morn come and go and Kate has come and gone in our lives, but Banshee's always been there. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important. So it's, it was high time that we really explored like who he was as a character. So no, like this was very important as a story. This was very foundational. Suck it, Blue. I'm leaving that in when I edit, just saying. Ex ex we'll just, you know, it's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. We can agree <laughs> to disagree on some things. So final thoughts on the book. Uh, green. <laughs> final thoughts. Concise. I think that the book was a good tool and that it was very, the timing of the book aligning with Crow was very well done. And that I am terrified of to see what comes of Banshee. What about you, Orchid? I love this book because I think it is good characterization and it is actually an exciting book to read because... When you actually read the book itself, it's you're never standing still. Um, you're always in kind of a sense of panic running from point A to point B to point Q to point Z, like all the way through the book, because like you're at this point where you're not reading it from any one individual. You're always reading it from a different perspective. So like one of them, a guy that's been reset because he's been on the front line. So he dies a lot. And you're like, oh, my God, like this is how it is to be. Like in front in the vault, like in the glassway, like trying to go farm stuff, like on you know, like the Forge Star, or this is the way it is. Like you're trying to escape and like save all these humans, but you know Clovis Bray is being like a real Thanks, or like there's all these different little tiny aspects, and there's all this like very humanization that you get from all these exos, and so. Yeah, they're programmed to be human, but they are the most human out of all of us. And so out of that, I think it makes it a really beautiful story. And so it's one of my favorite, if not my favorite lore books this season. I like, I do, I, I agree with you. I like the the way that the story definitely grounds these characters um, and, and points to 
the humanity within them um, and also the inhumanity in others. Uh, I think that's, I think that is a very big thing that they succeeded here. Um, I think that the tone, I agree with you also in that too, like the tone, the, the sense of, Oh God, Oh God, I go to God, Oh God, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. You know, that, that from the very, very first entry to really the second to last, the last entry is not really that, that you don't get that, that franticness. Um, but all the way through, you know, that entire per like from the glassway strike or not the strike, but the glassway battle to the battle against the, the facility AI to the final pushing back of the Vex in the glassway. And the, 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 the success that they experienced that is made that much more potent because you see the loss that they acquire or the loss that they suffer throughout that entire process. Um, and that also culminates in a really powerful conclusion of the one that is has been alive the least, really, sacrificing everything to be to be to to fully defeat the you know one of the and the antagonistic forces within the story. I think that I think that really drives home the sacrifice that Banshee made in that choice from forty three to forty four. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think it's well-written, um, for sure. I, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed reading this and, you know, I think if you don't want to read it again, we kind of mentioned this at the start, but, uh, Guardians of Lore have read this. This was, you said 96 and 90 episodes, 96 and 97? Uh, episode 95 90, and 96. Okay, 95 and, 96. and we did, um, we did the actual sword itself in a little lore, which was ep the episode after okay. those, so episode 97. So definitely, if you guys want an, an audio reading with Orchid, definitely check those Gee. out. Um, That's me, guys. <laughs> it's a me, Orchid. It's a me. Hey, it's Orchid. <laughs> so shout out. <laughs> Green, what do you got for us? My shout out goes to Orchid, and she could check Twitter to figure out why. Oh no. Blue. Sorry. Handling something in chat. Um Yeah, I del I deleted. Oh you did. Uh yeah, no, my my big shout out is to both of these lovely ladies that are podcasting with me and putting up with my really stupid fascination of on minute details um and and just i don't know like mm, yeah i think that's it orchid um actually um i am gonna shout out um my other co-host uh elemist so elemist thank you so much for being you and uh putting up with me all the time and for um being very being like the emotional tether to these stories because um without you i i think a lot of the the very real part of these lore books would be missed so thank you you are really awesome well as always <laughs> 
I want to thank you for your time. And until next time, remember, with wisdom we conquer, stand strong, stand tall, and keep exploring. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusedfirechat. Links to all our episode archives can be found at www.thelorenetwork.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. So until next time, focus your fire, and may your light shine bright. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.